we're getting to the good part. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. My fans, to the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at female boxing. This is episode number 115. My name is Felipe Leon, all the way from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. And with us, as always, from the north, uh, from the Bay Area of Northern California is Mrs. Lupe Gutierrez. Lupe, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. It's always a race for me. I'm like, it's the last of the dinner plates I throw down at 729. <laughs> Uh-huh. Here I am. There you go. Good and job. with us from the Inland Empire is another than Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Felipe. Hi, Lupi. Hi, David. Well, uh, we have a little bit of a show today. We don't have that many fight results or any upcoming fights. We all know that traditionally during the Olympics, obviously the Olympics were originally scheduled for 2020, and now they're being held in 2021. But during that time, a lot of promoters decide to kind of uh, slow down their schedules because they don't want to compete with the actual Olympics. And later on in the show, Lupe is going to give us a little bit of a report of what is going on with female boxing in the Olympics, with who is still in for Team USA, who is out, and obviously some of the bigger names of female boxing, like the pros that went up into the Olympics, something that we were all against how they are faring. It looks like they're not faring too well, but Lupi later on in the show is going to have a report for us regarding that. And also our guest tonight will be none other than reigning WBC super flyweight champion Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu Juarez. We all know that she is the younger sister of Mariana La Barbie Juarez, but in her own right, she is just coming off the first defense of her WBC super flyweight title against Diana Fernandez. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, her first fight with Fernandez, which was back in 2017, and also um, what is coming up for her in the in the future. Obviously, she might not have much since she's just coming off a fight, but we'll see what she uh, tells us in her interview, which is going to come up in the next uh, 15 minutes. She is going to be calling in from Mexico City. So let's go back to a little bit of the fight uh, the fight re- uh, review and. On Friday, July 16th, our very guest, Lourdes Juarez, was in a fight uh, defending her WBC super flyweight title for the first time. She won that title back in December by defeating Guadalupe uh, Martinez, and then she was defending for the first time in a rematch against Ciudad Juarez, Diana Labonita Fernandez. That fight went to the scorecards with the split decision in Diana Fernandez's hometown of Ciudad Juarez. Scores were 96-95 and 94-95 for Juarez, while one judge saw a 96-94 for Fernandez. I watched the fight. I thought that I, – I, I truly didn't see how Fernandez could have won that fight or how she could have gotten a judge at 96-94. I thought it was a little bit wider than the first fight with um, Juarez being the more dominant of the two. To me, for a lot of the fight, Diana Fernandez looked a bit reluctant you could kind of think that she was, if you want to give her the benefit of the doubt, you could kind of say that she was trying to outbox Lourdes Juarez. But to be able to outbox somebody, you still have to throw punches and not just move around the perimeter of the ring. That's what I saw. And I thought that Lourdes Juarez took the fight even a little bit more generously with the 97-93. David, did you get a chance to watch the fight? Yes, I did. I did watch it. What did you think? I saw exactly what you saw. Same thing. I had a 97-93. Or what is... So did you think that that the I think the strategy was a little bit different for Fernandez where she was trying to maybe outbox Juarez and it just didn't work out with her? Do you think that's what she was trying to go for? By the way, what you saw in the fight? Yeah, I think she was trying to confuse uh, uh, Lourdes and, and up, just <coughs> oh, excuse me, <clears throat> upset her game plan and uh, just didn't work. She's just not as technically savvy. 
Excuse me. You're right. Yeah. Lupe, let's go to Lupe real quick while uh, David drinks a little bit of water. Lupe, did you get a chance to watch the fight? No, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight, but if she was anything like she was fighting Lupita, yeah, that's a lot for Diana. Yeah. Is that fight, yeah, is that fight available? I, think, I You know what? I'm not 100% sure if it's on YouTube. I didn't check since I watched it live. I, I didn't check later on if it was on uh, on YouTube. But, um, yeah, I think that Guadalupe, even though she's, I mean, not Guadalupe, I'm sorry, Lourdes, even though she's a little bit older, she's like 32 years old, she started boxing a little bit late. So she thinks she's coming into her own. I think she's right at the right weight. You know, she she started off as a flyweight. And now as super flyweight, I think she has a little bit more girth to her body. She looks strong. And I think she looks really confident in there. Uh, against a fighter like Diana Fernandez, who is a good fighter, you know, but I've said it before on the show that she's the kind of fighter that can beat anybody's division except the world champion. So she's had this has, this was her third try for a world title at, at three different weight classes. She tried it at 112 with the IBF some years ago, going down to Argentina. Then she tried it at W at the Bantamweight division going against Pequeña Lulu's sister, Mariana Juarez, last year, and she wasn't able to pull that off. And now again, at 115, she wasn't able to win the title either. Now, she is scheduled. She just announced that she is scheduled to come back into the ring. Diana Fernandez did in late August. So her promotional company, Promociones del Pueblo, are keeping her busy. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see what happens there. David, did you want to finish up your thoughts on the fight? Uh, no, I basically said uh, what I had to say. Uh, I really just thought Waters is technically superior fighter. Uh, I think Deanna will win a title eventually. It just has to be the right matchup. Hmm. Let's let's detail a little bit into that um, and see who will be available. It looks like Deanna, uh, Deanna, like her weight class is 115. So. If you were to get a title fight, um, I mean, the WBA world champion, Maribel Ramirez, who's 13-9 and nine with two draws and three knockouts, she's been a champion since May of 2018. That might be a good chance of her winning the title. She might be superior to Maribel Ramirez, who actually we haven't heard much from. We don't. Re- let me check when's the last time that she actually fought. Um, let me see here. Maribel. La Pantera, she has not fought since, wow, she's still holding the title, and she has not fought since October 2018. Obviously, we have, um, is this her? No, this might, yeah, that is her. Um, she has not, you know, obviously there was COVID, but that's, COVID didn't start till 2020, and so she had all 2019, all 2020, and she still has not fought. She won the title back in May of 2018, um, beating Linda Laura Lecha of Peru with the majority decision in Peru. Then she defended it once against Anilla Seki in October of that same year. And here we are in 2021, and she has not defended a title, and she does not have any fights um, scheduled. So I don't know. The WBA, in all their uh, in all their wisdom, has not require Ramirez to not only defend against a mandatory challenger, but just to fight. So we have the WBC Lourdes Juarez, who just defeated Fernandez, and the interim champion is Sonia Osorio. So I wouldn't mind seeing her against Sonia Osorio either, and maybe winning the interim title and, and trying to get another shot at Juarez. Then, in the IBF at Super Flyweight, Micaela Luján of Argentina is the world champion with a record of 9-1-1 and with three knockouts. She won that title in January of this year. And then in June of this year, Miguel Yoshida recaptured the WBO um, title. She has a record of 15-2. and So I think her best shot is if she could get Maribel Ramirez in the, in the ring after three years of inactivity. That might be her best chance at Super Flyweight to win the title. Yeah, she has some options. Also, 
on the fight results going down to Saturday, July 24th in Germany. Tina Ruprecht defending her world title once again at 105 WBC with the split decision over Katia Gutierrez scores there were 97-93 and 96-94 for Ruprecht and 97-94 for Gutierrez. I didn't get a chance to see this fight. Did any of you guys find the fight on YouTube or anything like that? No. No, I wasn't able to watch it. Well, then we'll we'll see if we get if we can find it. Uh, it looks like, yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like it's on. Uh, it w- it's on. It was just put on. Uh, it was just put on uh, uh, on YouTube. So I'm actually gonna watch it, and then we're gonna be able. Well, actually, no, I don't think so. I think it's just somebody talking about it. So no, I, it's not on YouTube. So so I don't think there's a chance to watch this fight just yet. Um, on YouTube or anything like that. So that's a shame. So, yeah, because, I mean, if we look at Tina Ruprecht's record, I think that her last three fights, which have been in her home country of Germany, which is really hard to get her out of there, obviously we, we remember. When was it, David, that she was scheduled to face Yocasta Valle in Costa Rica and that fell through? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, when was that? That was definitely was real early in the year. Yeah. Yeah, it was this year. Uh, so early. So let's see. Well, actually, no, I was off. Um, she's actually she she beat Yocasta Valle back in 2018. I'm only going back five five fights, and it was a unanimous decision, but it was highly contested. Um, unanimous decision. Then her fight after that against Norquis Carino, she scored a unanimous decision. Then against Maricela Quintero, another Mexican, it was a split decision draw. And then after that, she fought a, a Catalina Diaz. It was unanimous this decision, and then this last fight was a split decision against another Mexican, Katia Gutierrez, former world champion. So her record now stands at 11 she's wins. She's fighting in Germany, right? She always fights. She's Germany. never fought outside her country, no. Yeah. She has never fought outside her country, but she has fought a, a an array of, of uh, challengers. Actually, she fought once in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Back in 2016, but before she was a world champion. But... She fought Joanna Pastrana, who is a Spaniard, back in 2016 to win the title. And then she fought Luisiana Bolivar, who is Venezuelan. And then she fought Ana Sofia da Costa, who I believe is French. Yep, she's French. And then mm-hmm. she fought Jocasta Valle, who is Costa Rica. And then she fought Niorquis Carino, who is Venezuelan. And then she fought Mexican Maricela Quintero. Quintero. And then she fought Catalina Diaz, who is a Spaniard. And then, so every fight that she's had since she won the title, she's fought somebody from another country, but it's always been in in Germany, her home country. So, you know, yeah, they try so to get her out of there once. I mean, she she's fighting. She's fight, fighting. Yeah, she's having real fights. I mean, Ana Sofia Coast, the Coast. I mean, Joanna Pastrana was seven and zero when they faced each other back in 2016. Luciana Bolivar was four and three. Ana Sofia da Costa was 24 and 2, which is a good record. Yeah, Jocasta okay. Valle was 13 and 1. Uh, New Yorkis Carreno was undefeated at 9 and 0. Maricela Quintero 18 and 4. Catalina Diaz didn't have that impressive record with the 6 and 2. And then Katia Guterres was 23 and 7. So she's faced some good, good opponents, but all in yeah. her home country, obviously with her home, yeah. with with home judges and everything. Not saying that anything fishy is going on, but you know. She has not been. She's the she out of, yeah, she's the A side back in her own country, and there's a lot of fighters out there, male or female, that you know they're the A side and they can dictate where the fight is going to be held. Although it looks like they are having some trouble in Germany to put on fights, at least in the traditional way, because it was no, it was known publicly that Tina Rupert actually started a GoFundMe account yeah. to be able to yeah. pay for this fight. So. It's, it has, it's not like the heyday of Germany where it was one of the, the hotbeds of female boxing along with Argentina and Mexico. Um, now it looks like they're having a little bit of trouble to the point that Tina Ruprecht, who is a WBC 105-pound champion, has to start a GoFundMe page to be able to pay for the fight. So uh, we'll but, see what happens. Felipe didn't, we, Felipe, didn't we learn from one of our guests um, that she actually turned on 40 grand for a fight? Who was our guest? That told us. I don't know. Forty thousand. I don't know. Was it Sinisa? Uh, could have been Sinisa. 
Yeah, and said, well, she started to go fund me, but she turned down. She could have got forty grand. So, oh, yeah, I don't. You know. I do remember, remember that. Jocasta also. Yeah, because Jocasta yeah, was going to be in Costa Rica. Against Jocasta is going to be in Costa Rica, where Jocasta is. Jocasta Valle is. A, it's a big draw, and she's actually fighting um, in the next couple of weeks, and we'll give you that information in our fight preview. Um, so, but then, and the fight was going to happen, but then there were some issues regarding judges and things like that, and the fight fell through. So there has been major, major um, offers, it seems like, for Tina Rupkrek to leave Germany and defend her title outside her country. But, I mean, if she's able to do a GoFundMe page, and let's say it's, I don't know what the amount was, but let's say it was 50000 okay? And she's able to do a GoFundMe page, and she's able to have people donate. And with that 50000 she's able to pay for the sanctioning fee, the opponent, her paycheck. I can't blame her. She's her own promoter. Whether yeah. However she's getting the money, whether it be donations or sponsors or an actual promoter or TV network, it doesn't matter. If she's getting the money and she's able to put on her own fight and defend in her own country and fly in, you know, Quality opposition like Katia Gutierrez and Maricela Quintero and Yucasta Valle and Anne Sophie Da Costa, more power to her. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. If she's getting a GoFundMe page, obviously she's not going to be able to offer Sinise Estrada $40,000. I mean, she might be offering 10000 15000 to the opponent, like to Katia Gutierrez. But if those fighters are willing to go over there and the WBC is willing to sanction them, then you can't blame her. You know, you're going to have to offer a lot more than $40,000 to get her to leave Germany and come to the United States and put up her belt. I mean, it is a business at the end of the day. And if she's able to put on those fights and she's happy with what she's making, and for her to get out of there, you got to pay her, you know, 100000 125000 then that's what you're going to have to pay to get that title. And if a promoter like Golden Boy Promotions is willing to do it, then it is what it is. You know, I mean, once you win that title, you you own that title, and as long as you're defending it according to the rules of the WBC or according to the rules that the WBC is willing to, um, to, you know, honor, because we know that they don't honor other rules, but if you're go- doing what the WBC wants you to do to keep that belt, then... You're doing what you need to do, and if somebody else wants you to come out of Germany and pay, and and, and defend it outside of it, then you're gonna they're gonna have to pay. And that's what'll happen. She'll end up in the U.S. But they're gonna have to probably offer double what they offered her last time. I mean, that's the way that I would see it. I mean, you want me to leave, and you mm-hmm. offer me forty, and I said no. You offer me eighty, then mm-hmm. that's something that probably makes her think twice about coming into the United States. Says, hey, eighty thousand is a lot of money. I could possibly buy a house. I could do this, I could do that. If I lose the title, yeah. well, I was a world champion. I'll go up to another weight class and look for another world title. I mean, that's the name of the game. She's actually 28 years old, so she's not that young, but she's also not that old that she can't go up to, like, yeah. 108 and try to look for a title there yeah. as well. If she's if yeah. she were to lose this title at 105 for a really good uh, paycheck. So we are waiting for our guest, WBC Super Flyweight Champion, Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu Juarez to call in um she should be calling in any any second now um so she is coming off a win over diana fernandez who was her mandatory challenger for the wbc and her newly uh captured title she captured the title back in december in a hotly contested fight against guadalupe martinez martinez had actually beaten the previous champion who had reigned supreme defending it nearly 10 times in Sulina Lalova Munoz. Guadalupe Martinez then defended it a couple of times. And then Mariana, I mean, Lourdes Juarez got the opportunity and was able to defeat Guadalupe uh, Martinez for that title. And now she has defended it at one time against Diana Fernandez just a couple of weeks ago. So we're waiting for her call in. Uh, before we go to the report from... Uh, from uh, from Lupi on the Olympics. I don't want to start the report and then get interrupted by the call. David, you, you did an interview with Callie Reese regarding her upcoming fight for 
August, I think it's 20th here in in, yes. in uh, San Diego. What does she have to say about that event, and what does she have to say about that fight that she's having on that night? Well, I actually didn't speak to Kelly Reese. Uh, mm. Basically, I, I just um, uh, put out the information that that fight card is going to take place, and that it's going to feature two super lightweight world champions. Uh, Mary McGee is one of them, and Kelly Reese is the other. And both are, are going to be fighting uh, pretty credible opponents. Uh, Kelly Reese is fighting uh, Deanna Prazak, who was a very strong puncher at the super featherweight division, but now she's moving up two divisions to super lightweight. And uh, for people that uh, forget who Deanna Prazak was, she was a world champion. She did uh, win uh, her title by knockout. In fact, it was a scary knockout where she hurt, uh, I think I think it was Frida Wahlberg, mm. and uh, basically retired her. Uh, she, she, she put her in the hospital, and uh, after that, uh, she, she went on to defend it a few times. Uh, she even fought in the BKB against uh, Layla McCarter lost there, and then that was the very last time she fought. Retired for a few years, came back, uh, fought in, in Tijuana, and mm. uh, now she's challenging uh, Kelly Reese for her title, which is a big step up for her, but, you know, more credit to her. Kelly Reese is no joke. You know what? There's a couple of things that – there's a couple of sub, uh, uh, questions and, and, and subjects that I want to talk about those two fights, which is the Cali Reese against Diana Prasic and the Mary McGee against Victoria Bustos of Argentina, which is the other super lightweight title fight. But on our line now from Mexico City is none other than WBC super flyweight champion Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu Juarez. Let me patch her in real quick. Buenas noches, Lourdes. ¿Cómo te encuentras? Hola, hola. Muy buenas noches a todos. Muy bien. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. Oye, gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. Te voy a pasar con David, que va a iniciar las preguntas, y luego Lupi Gutiérrez también te va a hacer una serie de preguntas, y luego yo voy a finalizar con la pregunta. Eh, las preguntas van a ser en inglés, yo las traduzco, y luego yo traduzco tu este tu respuesta, ¿ok? Ok, ok. Ok, well, there you have it. Uh, we have Lourdes, pequeña Lulu Juárez on the call with us. I thank her for being here and actually explain to her what the process is going to be of the Q&A. So go ahead, David. Lulu, uh, how are you today? And thank you very much for being on our show again. It's been a while. Eh, David pregunta que, que cómo estás y muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros que ya ha pasado un tiempo de la última vez que estuviste con nosotros. No, hola, hola, muy buenas noches, muy bien, estamos muy bien y pues aquí disfrutando eh, el descanso después de, de la pelea que tuvimos. She said that she's doing very well and that she's um, just, you know, resting from the fight that she that she just had. Uh, uh, Lulu, can you tell us uh, what you expected in your fight against Diana a second time? Uh, were there any concerns going in the second time because there was a world title at, at stake and you were playing again at her hometown? Pregunta... ¿Qué esperabas en la segunda pelea contra Diana Fernández? Si había algo diferente que esperabas, ya que la pelea era por un título mundial y el hecho que estabas peleando contra Fernández eh, prácticamente en el patio de su casa. ¿Había algo diferente de qué preocuparse de lo de la primera pelea? Pues realmente no como preocuparme, pero sabíamos que iba a salir con el boxeo diferente. No nos lo esperábamos con este boxeo que salió. Pensé, de hecho, que iba a salir todavía eh, un poquito más fuerte, porque, bueno, estábamos estaba buscando el, el quitarme el cinturón, ¿no? Pero pero no, yo, yo iba segura de mí, sabía que tenía que retener este mi cinturón, y pues no, no esperábamos realmente mucho mucho cambio de ella, sino que la esperábamos más que nada como más, mmm, más atrabancada, ¿no? Eh, 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 por querer quitar el, el cinturón. She wasn't actually expecting anything different. The only thing that she expected was a little bit of different boxing for her. Not as different as what she actually saw in the fight, but she did expect for her to be a little bit more focused, being that she wanted to 
take that world title from her. She did expect her to be a little bit stronger because they're fighting at a different weight class. But it wasn't anything other than that, than having her be more focused and more aggressive uh, for that world title. And, and Lou, what was your plan going into the fight? And how many? Cha- what kind of changes did you have to make during the fight? ¿Cuál era tu plan entrando en la pelea y cuáles cambios tuviste que hacer ya en la pelea eh, contra Diana Fernández? Bueno, pues en el gimnasio estuvimos practicando las dos cosas, ¿no? Que es ir hacia enfrente y, y también el caminar y el pegar y movernos, que es casi eh, más usual que yo lo haga. Pero bueno, vimos que, que no nos iba a dar pelea, ¿no? Eh, creo que de por sí con los con lo que dieron los jueces, creo que si yo no hubiera ido hacia enfrente, no sé qué pelea o qué puntuación hubieran dado. Entonces creo que su su estrategia que ellos traían, creo que a mí me funcionó. Creo que, que fue más a mi favor que, que al suyo. Mm. She said that she worked on both things. She worked in going forward, and then also they worked in the gym before the fight in hitting and moving, which is more of her style. And, you know, it worked out for her. She says that she thinks it worked out better for her because once she realized that Fernandez wasn't really going to fight, the fact that they worked in moving forward is what helped her and that it ended up being counterproductive for Fernandez because they worked out better for Juarez because she, she ended up having to move forward and, and, and making the fight. And that's what helped her in the, in the scorecards at the end, she believes. And what's her feeling now that, I mean, she has the title. How did it feel after chasing it for many, many years and then you finally get a chance and then it's a higher weight class, uh, what's the feeling now that, now that she has that title after all these years of chasing? ¿Cómo te sientes ya de ser campeona del mundo, un título que estuviste persiguiendo por mucho tiempo en otra división, en la peso mosca, y ahora lo tienes en super mosca, y ya eres campeona del mundo consagrada con la defensa? ¿Cómo te sientes ahora de, después de tanto tiempo de estar buscando ese título mundial? No, pues desde que nos dieron la oportunidad, eh, dije, lo principal fue en mi mente que no tenía que desaprovecharla. Eh, y pues ahora me siento contenta, feliz, me siento mm, capaz de hacer todavía muchísimo más cosas, porque eh, antes de ser campeona creo que todavía me eh, ponía dudas en mí, ¿no? Y ahora me tengo un poquito, o no un poquito, tengo más seguridad de mí, eh, que sé que puedo dar eh, mucho más. She says that, you know, before the opportunity that for the world title, her thoughts was that she wasn't going to be, she, when she would get the opportunity, that she, she had to take advantage of it. And now that she did and she won the title, she's very happy. She's very content. And that maybe before being a world champion, she was a little bit doubtful of herself. But now as a world champion, she's very confident of what she can do inside the ring as a world champion. Having won the title now at uh, Super Flyweight, uh, what does she see around her? Uh, what kind of uh, aspirations does she have? Does she have any plans to go to other countries? Or, or you know, what does it look like right now, the landscape? Ya que eres campeona de las 115 libras, ¿cuáles son los planes? ¿Planeas salir del país, buscar peleas contra otras campeonas de la misma división en otros países? ¿Qué es el plan para pequeña Lulu Juárez como campeona de las 115 libras? Bueno, pues primero hacer un poco más de defensa de este de este cinturón que, que eh, no tiene mucho que lo ganamos, pero creo que mis planes, la mayoría, creo que lo haría yo eh, al revés, en vez de irme eh, a peso más alto, me iría a un peso más bajo, ¿no? que es de donde empecé, que me iría a buscarlo el eh, Mosca y después yo creo que me iría hasta el mini Mosca. Primero Dios, ah. si, si me lo permite. Entonces yo iría, de vez de para arriba, me iría para abajo. Eh, creo mm. que no, no tenemos problema del peso, nunca se nos ha dificultado. Y entonces sí, realmente espero mi promotora me pueda conseguir pelear. Me encantaría pelear allá en, eh, en el extranjero, eh, eh, enfrentarme con estas chicas no que, que están eh, dando todo arriba del ring, que... Eh, no sé, Cenies Estrada, eh, Marlene Esparza, y hay una infinidad de chicas que son buenísimas. Entonces sí me gustaría ir al extranjero, primero Dios, 
se, se me dé la oportunidad y, y ahí andaremos echándole muchas ganas. She says she wants to defend her title uh, a few more times, but then going in a reverse motion and not going up in weight, but actually going down in weight, stopping over at flyweight and maybe even going as low as junior flyweight. She would love to go out wow. and fight uh, outside the country and face these fighters that are making a lot of noise in the lower weight classes like Senez Estrada and Marlene Esparza. So if God permits, that is, that is her plan to defend her titles and then maybe go down in weight. Well, tell Lulu, uh, thank you very much, and I'm going to pass her over to Lupi. David, 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 las gracias, y ahora va a pasar la, la, eh, la entrevista a Lupi Gutiérrez. Lupi, go ahead. Hi, Lulu. Hola, hola. Congratulations on your unanimous world title victory. I love your exciting and explosive style. Um, Felipe, I wanted to know if she had, a, an, had an amateur career, or did she go straight pro? Lupe pregunta, ¿qué tanta carrera amateur hiciste o te, si te fuiste directamente a lo profesional? Pues realmente amateur no, nunca tuve como tal un récord o una carrera amateur. Eh, llegué a pelear eh, literal cuando estábamos en funciones, que luego acompañaba a mi hermana, a Mariana, eh, y me decían, ¿sabes qué? Falta una chica que para que suba a pelear. Y ahí me veías, ah, yo, yo me subo, que yo me iba con la idea. <risa> Creo que tuve como, yo creo, lo mucho más... <risa> seis peleas así, pero ya después de mis dos hijos me decidí a debutar. Realmente me fui directamente a, a, al debut. She says that no, she didn't really have an amateur career. If anything, when she would go to with with her sister Mariana to fights and they were doing like exhibitions and some they needed a, a female fighter, she would volunteer. So she had about six fights like that. But then after having her two kids, she ended up going straight to the to the pro rank. So she never really had an, an amateur career. Oh, so she had a six-fight amateur career. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you so, call it that, like, exhibitions. So in the seventh round of her fight with Lupita Martinez, she had her in the corner. So, and you got out, and you gave her a blow to the head, and she dropped. The referee called it a slip. I want to know what she called it. En tu pelea contra Lupita Martinez cuando ganaste, Lupita Martinez, you said, Lupita, when she won the title? Yes. Okay, en tu pelea contra Lupita Martínez, donde ganaste el título, en el séptimo asalto, eh, te encontrabas contra la esquina, creo, y luego le, le anotaste un golpe, pero y la tumbaste, pero el referee la, lo anotó como una, como, como que se resbaló. ¿Tú lo viste como un resbalo o lo viste como una caída? No, sí, de hecho fue, no un resbalón. Eh, en la, me fui yo hacia adelante y como, como que es un poquito, no sabe caminar hacia atrás. Lo que pasa es que, que me, le pisé el pie y sí se cayó. Sí fue, no resbaló, sino pisé el pie y se fue para atrás. Well, she says that it wasn't actually like a slip or, or a knockdown, that she actually ended up stepping on her foot and then she tripped back and she fell. So, you know, it wasn't really a slip, but, Lup, but uh, Lulu ended up stepping on her foot. So that's why she fell. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I watched that a few times. So I want to go back to her um, 2016 fight against the current world champ, Yesenia Gomez, and that was ruled a no contest. Um, can, she, can you talk about that fight, and do you think the champion is being protected by her team then and now? En 2016 peleaste contra Yesenia Gomez, que fue un no contest. Eh, ¿Qué nos puedes decir de esa pelea? Y pregunta Lupe si crees que la campeona la está protegiendo su promotor ahorita o, y también en aquel entonces la estaban protegiendo. Pues bueno, ese día, esa pelea sí quedé muy descontenta porque realmente íbamos dando una buena pelea. Me atrevo a decir que íbamos ganando. Eh, se le abre el pómulo, se le abre la ceja. Dice ella que de cabezazos, ven, yo ya vi diez mil veces la pelea y dijo ella que le metí como diez, quince cabezazos después de esa pelea, pero bueno. ¿Qué pasa? Eh, sí, descontenta. Mmm, eh, porque toda una preparación, bueno, ¿no? Se fue al... No, no dejan que acabe el cuarto round, entonces ya uno no se puede ir a tarjetas. Entonces sí fue como eh, un poco molesto y triste a la vez. Pero no no es como que, mejor dicho, me atrevo a decir que sí es, están eh, estaban cuidándola, porque era un, un, una chica que como que iba iba bien, iba bien, 
y tal vez no creían que, que le podíamos ganar, bajo bajo del ring hasta su promotor me dijo, ¿sabes qué? Si le estabas poniendo una, me lo dijo su mismo promotor. ¿Y, y qué pasa? Eh, sí, sí, la, sí, realmente sí la protegen, sí la están cuidando, ¿por qué? Es por eso que nos fuimos después al Mosca, porque nos dimos cuenta que, que la promotora no la iba a soltar. No iba a querer, no iba a querer, no iba a querer la pelea y no me iban a dar la oportunidad de, eh, eh, para pelear por ese campeonato mini Mosca. Entonces fue por eso que nos fuimos a Mosca. Que me pasó lo mismo contra Ivette Zamora, que jamás nos dio la oportunidad. But, you know, in that fight before the fourth round, uh, Yesenia Gomez suffered some cuts to her cheek and to her eyebrow. She, Gomez claims that it was headbutts, but Juarez states that she's seen the fight about 10,000 times and she didn't see those headbutts. Um, so, obviously, it doesn't go past the fourth round. It's still of no contest. And, you know, even her own promoter, Gomez's promoter, told Juarez that the, that. They, he thought that she was winning the fight, and that's one of the reasons why she ended up going to 112 pounds because she realized that they were protecting Gomez and that they were never going to give her the opportunity to face her in a world title fight. And, in fact, that's the reason why she ended up leaving the 112-pound division because she saw the same thing happen with Yvette La Roca Zamora where they were protecting her as well, and then they weren't going to give her the opportunity, so she ended up going up in weight to 115. Oh, thank you. I, I like to hear her side of the story. That's I like that. That's great. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, you know, uh, for, you know, the last couple fights, even on this last fight, it on, on the poster it read "Sister of Barbie Juarez," and you know, I think it's totally unnecessary because I think even the casualist of boxing fans, when they look at her on the look at Lulu on the poster, you see Mariana and you know exactly who it is um i just wanted to know uh not if it bothers her um but does she think that she was ever in her sister's shadow and if yes um what fight does she think got her out of that and on her own name menciona lupe que en el póster y en la promoción para este combate ante diana fernández y no es el único la únicas veces las ocasiones pero que siempre te han promovido como la hermana de mariana juárez eh, no que no creemos que te moleste o no cree Lupi que te moleste pero tú crees que si estás en la sombra de tu hermana obviamente tu hermana es una leyenda en el boxeo femenil no solo en México pero en, en, en el mundial pero crees que estás en la sombra de tu hermana Mariana Juárez y si no cuál fue el combate en donde saliste de la sombra de Mariana Lavaro y Juárez pues eh, como lo menciona no no me molesta eh, de hecho, hay mucha gente que también me lo pregunta, que no me molesta y, y que por qué no dejan de decir la hermana de la Barbie, ¿no? Que eh, realmente yo he ido haciendo mi carrera, he ido haciendo mi, mi historia eh, y creo que no no estamos en la sombra como tal, pero mm, lo podría mencionar que ya es más como la promotora, ¿no? Que de repente siento que lo hace como para jalar más público, para vender un poco más, se podría decir, porque lógico, ¿no? Yo no voy a jalar... Ma, muchísima gente como mi hermana lo hace entonces lo hacen como más más por eso pero eh, creo que exactamente no podría decir una pelea pero eh, qué te puedo decir yo creo como tres años cuatro eh, que realmente la gente eh, me ha empezado a decir ¿sabes? es que que dejen de decir que la hermana de la Barbie que dejen de decir que la hermana porque también ellos de repente hasta Creo que se molestan más que yo, que, que, que me mencionen así, ¿no? O que me presenten así. Pero creo que hemos ido y, y hemos estado haciendo historia y, y eso es lo que lo que quiero hacer, ¿no? Ya, bueno, empezamos con este campeonato, gracias a Dios lo ganamos y pues vamos por más y esperamos ser y hacer historia así como, bueno, ya lo hicimos, ¿no? Las primeras hermanas en tener un campeonato del mundo. Sí, you know, that a lot of people ask her the same question, but for her, it, it's not a bother. I mean, everybody knows who her sister is. And, you know, it's more like the promotional companies that are using it to promote because they know that, you know, her sister is so much more popular or more popular than she is. So they're mm -hmm. going to be able to draw more, but it's been three, about three years or four years that she feels that, 
she's kind of making her own story and that people keep asking her and that other people actually get even more upset than she does about the fact that they keep saying, um, you know, that she's a sister of Mariana Juarez, but she feels that she's making her own history uh, by herself, you know, by winning this title and by looking for more and along with her sister, because they are the first two Mexican sisters to have won world titles. So they are making history together. That's so great. I have one last question. And um, when I just want to know, when Barbie sits as a spectator, when she's a fan watching her fight, does she give her sound advice, or does Barbie want to get in there and jump in the ring and take over? You know what I mean, mm. like a big sister thing? Yeah. Cuando Barbie está ahí en la, en la esquina contigo, ¿crees que te está dando los buenos consejos, o crees que siente ella más como que ella quiere subirse al ring y, y, y pelear por ti? <laughs> sí, bueno... Eh, mi hermana, si ella quisiera, si de verdad ella estando en la esquina, es como que si le diera yo la oportunidad, le, como en las luchas, le doy la mano y súbete, ella encantada. Sí, siempre es más como que ah, ah, es, eh, es, es la vida de ella, ¿no? Entonces realmente es, le apasiona. Yo la veo y me y después en los videos y me, me da risa, ¿no? Porque digo, le, le emociona tanto el verme pelear y el realmente ella subirse al ring también. Entonces, este... Aparte de, ¿no? O sea, me da consejos, claro, pero si por ella fuera, eh, se sube al ring. She says that if it was up to Barbie Juarez, she would go in the ring. It would be like wrestling when she would tag her in and she would go in there and fight. But it's just that Barbie Juarez is so passionate about it that she she's in there uh, every step of the way. So, but if if it, if it was up to Barbie Juarez, she would she will go in the ring. So, ya terminó su sesión de preguntas. Este, Lupe, yo tengo un par de preguntas para ti, ya sé que es un poco tarde en la Ciudad de México, entonces la voy a dar primero en inglés y luego este y luego y luego te la voy a dar en español, ¿ok? Sí, 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 claro, no te preocupes. My first question for her is uh, kind of piggybacking on the Mariana Juárez uh, question, does it create any problems with her corner because obviously, you know, they train together, but you know, she does have a trainer who is should be giving her advice, but as we have seen in some, in most of her fights, the one that's actually giving her all the advice is her sister as far as the corner and the direction. So I'm going to ask her if it ever creates any, any problems. Eh, un poco más de la pregunta de la esquina con tu hermana. Eh, obviamente yo la sigo en las redes sociales y me he dado cuenta que entrenan juntos, eh, juntas en el mismo gimnasio, pero me imagino que tú tienes tu entrenador y no, no causa un poco de conflicto cuando están en la esquina y tu tu hermana es la que está dando eh, los consejos en la esquina y no tu entrenador, que es el que me imagino que te manoplea y está ahí en tus sparrings, y tu hermana también, pero ¿no no, no causa un poquito de conflicto ahí eh, en la esquina? De hecho, no tanto como, bueno, sí, se puede decir conflicto y sí, es literal, cuando ya, porque bueno, el que me habla es mi entrenador, ¿no? Y es al que le pongo atención, eh normalmente Mariana está abajo en la esquina, ahora te digo que si por ella fuera se subía al ring, ¿eh? si te diste cuenta ella estaba al lado, ya, ni siquiera estaba, bueno mi esposo es el que, eh, que el, el second, como le dicen, el, el que le ayuda al entrenador, pues sí. ni él estaba arriba a ella, entonces es, de repente ya llegué y si le digo, a ver, me va a hablar uno, porque siempre, eh, eh, no en todas las peleas, pero a veces pasa así, ¿no? Entonces antes de las peleas ya dijimos, ok, entonces, ¿le quieres decir algo? Se lo dices a mi entrenador y mi entrenador me lo dice. Porque si es como que de repente me habla uno, me habla el otro, y le digo, me me ponen toda, toda alterada, ya no sé ni a quién escuchar. Sí. Pero ¿Y tú le pero realmente, bueno, sacamos sacamos todo bien. Ajá. Pero tú le dices eso a Mariana antes de la pelea, que le diga a tu entrenador, o después de la pelea, cuando pasa, cuando se lo dices eso, que se lo diga a tu entrenador y luego tu entrenador te lo dice a ti. No, de hecho, ajá, lo decimos antes de las peleas, eh, bueno, ah, okay. aquí en casa, ¿no? Antes de toda la pelea, uh -huh. o sea, se habla todo eso, pero eso es lo que pasa de repente, que a, eh, a Mariana como que le gana el, y entonces empieza a, a hablar, entonces es eso que como que de repente, se, sí, se zafa y habla. No se aguanta su, las ganas de, de hablar. Sí, yeah. Uh, she says that it does create a little bit of conflict because, you know, she has a trainer and she trains with a trainer, but Mariana, you know, she was just so passionate about it and she just jumps in there and they actually have conversations before the fight where they tell, where she tells Mariana, hey, you got to tell 
my trainer and then my trainer's going to tell me what you want me to do, you know, because you guys are confusing me and I get all altered in the, in the corner and I don't know what's going on. But, you know, she is so passionate. Like she mentioned before that, you know, if it was up to her, she would go in there and fight. It, another question is, I wonder if this fight was what brought Mariana's passion out so much because of the past with Diana Fernandez, where she was a pretty good trash talker and her and, and Diana Fernandez had some issues, Mariana Juarez did, and maybe she was a lot more passionate uh, in this fight. ¿Tú crees que, eh, la, sabemos de que, de que cuando peleó este Mariana Juarez y Diana Fernandez se, se dijeron muchas cosas y Diana Fernandez dijo muchas cosas de tu hermana y, y pues había ahí como un pique, ¿no? ¿Tú crees que eso fue más de esta pelea la pasión que sacó tu hermana y estar ahí en la esquina contigo porque se trataba de Diana Fernández, ¿la viste como más apasionada por esa pelea? Sí, me, creo que sí, sí fue eso, el, como que quería así como que dale todo lo que se pueda darle, <risa> porque sí, bueno, eh, yo soy muy diferente eh, en las, este, en todo, bueno, en todo somos muy diferentes, pero... Creo que sí, Diana, el, el, la vez que estuvo, que perdió contra ella, sí habló demasiado, sí, sí ab, abrió la boca de más, ¿no? Entonces eh, entiendo de repente su como su enojo, como su, <ríe> su mal ver por por Diana de mi hermana, pero pero todo bien, todo bien y, y creo que sí era eso, como que sí, sí fue un punto. She thinks that it was, that it was an issue with Diana Fernandez more than anything that Mariana came out a little bit more passionate in this fight in the corner. You know, she mentions that her, uh, Lulu and Mariana are different, very different in everything. But uh, she believes that after that fight with Diana, Mariana Juarez did have a little bit uh, more to say. And that's why she wanted uh, Lourdes to come out with everything in this fight. So my last question to her is, if does she have any, obviously we know that she's resting But does she have an indication of when we will see her back in the ring? Ya sabemos que está. Esta es mi última pregunta, Lourdes. Eh, sí. Sabemos que estás descansando. Obviamente acabas de pelear hace un par de semanas, una semana. Sabemos que estás descansando. Pero ¿te han dado mi, una mínima indicación de cuándo te podemos ver en el cuadrilátero otra vez? No, aún no. Es que ya me gustaría que me dijeran. <ríe> pero no, aún no. Mm -hmm. Esperemos, esperemos ya. Eh, no tarden en avisarnos, de, de, pero de todos modos tenemos que empezar, ya empezamos el lunes, ya son 15 días de descanso, eh, el lunes empezamos eh, otra vez a darle al gym, eh, poquito a poquito, pero pero pues bueno, mientras eh, no haya pelea, de todos modos tenemos que estar eh, ejercitándonos, corriendo y haciendo todo, para cualquier cosa estar, no, no nos agarren sin nada. Okay. She says that no, not yet, that she feels that it's going to be soon. They're going to let her know when her first, next date is, but she's had a two weeks rest and starting this Monday, she's going to back, going to be back in the ring and running and doing her camp so that she could be ready for anything that comes up. Lourdes, pues te damos muchas, muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros una vez más y te felicitamos por tu más reciente triunfo y te deseamos toda la suerte del mundo. No, muchísimas gracias a ustedes, muchas gracias a, a los tres, y pues yo encantada aquí de estar hablando un poco con, con ustedes de esto que hacemos, y gracias. She says that she's very thankful to all three of us, and that she just wanted to spend some time and talk boxing with us, and she thanks us very much. Buenas noches, uh, Lulu, y que tengas, uh, y te esperamos a la otra. Claro que sí, igualmente, buenas noches a todos. Bendiciones. Gracias, igualmente. Bendiciones. And there you have it, folks. Lourdes, La Pequeña Lulu Juarez, the current WBC uh, super flyweight champion on the line with us. And she's very frank. You know, I think that it's a very interesting relationship uh, that she has with her sister. There has been other sisters out here in boxing, especially in Mexico. You know, the Enrique sisters, the Torres sisters, Fernandez sisters. But I think that the ones that have... Uh, you know, achieved the most and have been on the limelight the most and could be considered the most popular of them all is the Juarez sisters. So, so uh, it's very interesting the dynamic between them. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing is I've known them for about 20 years, and they are very close. They're they're as close as sisters can be, which I, I think uh, Lupi can attest with her sister. <laughs> yeah. 
That's why I asked because I know if it was it was me and Blanca, she'd like jump in the ring because she can't control herself. So I know. <laughs> it's awesome. Now, I love I love them. Moving on, Lupi, why don't you give us a little bit of the report uh, regarding the Olympics? The Olympics are going on in Tokyo, Japan, right now. Um, boxing has been in full swing. I'm sorry to report that the two female boxers from Mexico are out in the first round. Actually, one of them actually ended up facing an American. Uh, other than that, why don't you give us the rest of the report as far as how Team USA is doing and then as far as how the other professional fighters that ended up in the Olympics are doing or did because I believe that some of them are out as well. Mm-hmm. Well, as for our USA amateurs, the 125 replacement, Yaroslav Ramirez from Las Vegas, she was beaten unanimously on day one by Croatia's Nikolina Kasich. She was, you know, last-minute replacement. I mean, she she wasn't ready. At 126? Uh, the, team, the 125. So she replaced, you know, uh, she replaced Andrea Medina? Yes. And she ended up losing in the first round. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she just wasn't ready, right? I mean, she but was didn't in well, she was. Well, my question, my question here is that she was chosen over Andrea Medina because supposedly she had more international um, mm-hmm. experience. So she did have more international yes, experience. Was, yes, and she was ranked higher. Um, she, yeah, she won the bronze on a world tournament. Um, okay. Medina had won. Not. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was just ranked higher. You know. Um, what can you say? It, you know, the 125, it, it's just been a, a kind of a disaster from the start. So, I mean, the way, how it ended, I'm not even surprised. Um, the one that hurt for me the most, and I know probably hurt for a lot of people out there, was the team, was the team captain and middleweight Naomi Graham from Texas. You know, she made history by being the first active soldier to compete in the Olympics. Um, she fought and lost. It was a tough fight. I've been up watching these. And I'm so messed up on sleep. She lost um, mm-hmm. a tough fight against Russia's Zenfira Madomagalevia. That one hurt. Um, this morning, Ginny Fuchs, the 112 flyweight, also from Texas, she lost by unanimous decision to Romania's Stoya Kristeva. And this was her second time as an Olympian. And she was the team captain um, her first time. Is this um, – uh, so how now, is this – I'm sorry, how old is Jeannie Fush now? 31. Yeah, she's a little older, but not old, um, but older. But she, she was also part of the team. Was she, I mean, I don't think she was part of the team, but she was actually ranked fairly highly back in 2012 when female boxing was first introduced in the Olympics. So she's been an Olympian or near an Olympian for like nearly 10 years, correct? Yeah, well, I think this is her second. This is her second Olympics. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Gina's a great fighter. I mean, she's a great boxer. She's been, you know, she's highly decorated. She's, I mean, this is her second Olympics. I, I personally, I thought, you know, this go-round, I thought maybe they should give somebody else a chance in the 112 because there's some talent. And, you know, that was just my personal opinion. And, you know, here we are. Um, but so now, I mean, we have lightweights, um, Boston. She's out of Boston, Rashida Ellis. And she's going against Great Britain's Caroline Dubois. Oh, tonight. Okay, so it started about 7.30 California time, so that's Pacific time. So you can go back and watch it. You can go to USA Boxing. They have the links, and you can watch it. So we'll f- I'll find out after we get off, unless you can look it up, Felipe. So, okay. um, you know, and it's interesting that Rashida lost to Hamadouche, Maeva Hamadouche, the pro, at the Strandja tournament last October by unanimous decision. So we'll see how she um, – in this, uh, you know, I want to know how she did now because then, you know, that'll make it a little easier now that Maeva, well, we'll get to that. The welterweight, we also have the welterweight O'Shea Jones from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, she won her first out of her Mexico's Brianda Cruz. That was a tough fight, Felipe. Do you see, is that mm. one of the girls you're talking about? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was good. So she won by split decision two days ago, and she was pretty aggressive in that fight. Um, she goes on to face Maria Hernandez from the Dominican Republic in the quarterfinals tomorrow, so Friday, 1 a.m., California time. Hmm. So one thing, and that's one thing so, about the yeah. – well, I'm sorry. One thing about the Mexican female fighters is the first time that this, – this, this year, 2020, was the first year that 
Mexico was represented in the Olympics. They had never had a female boxer in the Olympics before, not in 2012, not in 2016. Oh. So this was the first time. So those two women uh, actually uh, made history. I mean, they only went in the first round, but they made history yeah. being the first two female Mexican fighters to make it to the Olympics. So that, that in itself is, is an accomplishment. Yeah, it is. And I went back to watch the replay when I got up, and they only gave me the third round. And that last round, it was pretty competitive. It was tough. It was not, you know, it was, it was really good. So, so well, so how many are still in the so USA? Have, how many so are still in the USA? For the women, we have two. We have Rashida El- Well, Rashida Ellis fought um, when our show is, show is starting, so we'll see where she is. And O'Shea Jones is fighting in the morning. Oh. So we have Ginny Fuchs from Texas out. The team captain, Naomi Graham, is out. Oh, it's so sad. And the 125 by Yaroslav Ramirez is out. So when we get to the pros, I mean, the pros are getting knocked out of the Olympics early. They were getting knocked out in the trials. You know, like Christina Hammer, they were getting knocked out. Delphine Persoon. But not just knocked out of the trials. They were getting flambéed. I mean, Delphine got dropped. You know, it was, I mean, they were getting it handed to them. So, uh, so Francis IBF world champ pro at 22 and one, Maeva Hamadouche, she was knocked out in her first bout by Finland's um, Mira Potkunen. And Mira is a 40 year old mother of two. She's wow. now the oldest female to both fight and win in the Olympics. They, you wow. know, I, they both came out pretty strong. I mean, the Finn, she just beat Hamadouche to the punch. No pun intended. Wow. And Hamadouche came out in the third, um, but it was too late. You know, the three of the five judges scored a 29-27 for the Finns. Uh, with a fourth judge, he judged it even, and only one gives the Hamadouche. And, you guys, she wasn't happy because I got to see this. She walked around with her hands up in the air, like around the rings a few times. She had this bright pink um, fuchsia. Hair. She got her hair. So she was walking around the ring with her hands up. And, and then through a translator, she had said, it's very disappointing I respect Olympic values, but for me, I didn't lose this fight. It's disrespectful to my work, and particularly, I didn't lose the third round. I thought, and she did come out strong in the third round. Uh, and, and another fact is that she, this is the second time they've met in the amateur ring. Two years ago, Mira beat Hamadouche in the European Championship final. So she was really, she wasn't happy. Wow. So that lady has her number, yeah. huh? Yeah. It's wow. just I don't know. I get pleasure from it, but <laughs> we all know how we think uh, feel about this. <laughs> and I believe so, Ramla uh, Ali. Yeah. Okay. So she lost her. Yeah. Yeah, and she signed. We all know she signed with Matchroom, and she's also out. But she became the first boxer to represent Somalia at the Olympics. Uh, she was her amateur career, and I don't know how how if this is even right, but it was five and seven. She threw a nose a pro and was beaten by um, unanimous decision by Romania's Claudia Nechita. And she just couldn't handle – I and for some reason, when I go to watch these, I only get the last – the third round. And she couldn't handle Nechita's hand speed. She couldn't handle the combos coming at her. It was – you know, we all like Romla, right? But to see her in this position, I haven't really seen her in this position. And um, the other highly decorated, well, I guess by, besides Maiva, was uh, Poland's Carolina Kozuska. She's a former light middleweight international champion, and she lost to a welterweight, um, Busanaz Simonelli from Turkey. So that's a, hmm. Maiva and her are probably the most experienced pros, and they're both out. And are there any pros uh, in still, or they're all out? I think they're all out. They, I, I think I'm pretty sure they're not. Was there a Filipino one, I think? Was there a Filipino female that was pro that was in there? I, I don't remember. I don't know. Let's, uh... Now, in your opinion, Lupi, because you're the one that has been watching all the fights. I don't know if David has. But in your opinion, of the female, of the USA team, even if they're in or out, have you heard any of them making – statements that they're going to go pro? Um, you haven't heard I, any of them? Um, my sister heard, and she told me that Naomi Graham, who's the team captain, um, the Army athlete, that she's going to go for 2024. That we heard. How old is she? Because she's going to go already, for another Olympic cycle? What is that? She's going to go for another Olympic cycle? 
That's what my sister told me today. How how old is she? Uh, I think she's a little older. She might be thirty. She might be early thirties. Wow. She started late. Another started late. Wow. Well, there you have it. Oh, so our... okay. I, hey, Felipe. Go ahead. Nessie Patesio. She's um. A Filipino athlete, the 2020 Olympics, a 29-year-old boxer recently beat out Colombia's Yeni Marcella. But is she, she pro? Be, I don't. They're not saying. They're just saying Filipino athletes. Okay. Well, I, I don't remember if she was pro or not, but I think there's still one in there. Well, there you have so it. Like there's the our report. One. Yeah. There's our report for the Olympics, and we should have the final report on our next show, which is scheduled for August 12th. So before we go, we're going to give you the upcoming calendar, which is not too busy, but we do have some interesting fights. And only, I think, one of them is going to be televised in the United States. Well, two of them are going to be televised in, in TV in the United States, and the other one we're probably going to have to look for a stream. But on Tuesday, August 3rd, and Lupe, you could tell us a little bit more about this fight. At Madison Square Garden, New York City, on Fight TV, Christina Cruz, who is also a highly tutored amateur, I believe that the last I heard she was representing Puerto Rico, and I think they didn't make it to the Olympics. She's going to be making her pro debut on this Lou DiBella card from the Madison Square Garden. She's going to be facing Indeya Smith at 112 pounds in a Schedule 4 rounder. So what can you tell us about Christina Cruz as far as her amateur experience? Lupi? David, you there? I'm sorry about that. No, oh, I got it. That, me. that oh. was actually me. So it's Christina Cruz, um, you're right. She was uh, on the USA, Team USA, and then she had, when she didn't make the Olympic team, she moved over to Puerto Rico, and she was on the team, and she took the top um, Puerto Rican um, Rose Amato, Amato's spot. Mm. Oh, it was really controversial, and I, t- I know the family, and it, they weren't happy. But now, you know, this is what happened. Okay, so, and she's also a, she's a seven-time USA, USA boxing champion. She's a two-time world medalist, gold. Um, she's one of the USA darlings. I mean, seriously, was a USA boxing darling, and she is, and everyone loved her. And, and everyone loved her, USA and Puerto Rico. And she's probably she- doing August 3rd. Is she full of her? Is like her? What is that? Are her both parents Puerto Rican or is she half Mexican? How does she end up being like Puerto Rican? That I don't know, but I know she's from Hell's Kitchen, so it's be- she probably. Uh, is she's probably full on Puerto Rican. Yeah, she yeah. probably is. I mean, she's making her pro debut August third at the Hulu um, at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's going to be the Triller. I mean, that's a, fa- a fabulous. I think she'd find. Um, no, I don't want to say because I'm not sure. But, I mean, that's a great pro debut, right? And yeah, she I mean, is um, going against India Lashan. And India Lashan, I mean, she's married, so it's India Rodriguez. So it's India Smith. And um, she just fought on Showtime. That's when she fought uh, Gabriella Fandora, the Fandora's uh, little sister. Oh, okay. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so she fought two weeks ago on Showtime, and a week before that she fought I mean, she's another, um, she had a, I'm not too sure on her amateur career. I think it was a short USA boxing amateur career. But look at her. I mean, she's like on showtime. And I think she's like three and three and two or three and one. I mean, she just did showtime and now she's doing uh, Madison Square Garden, the Hulu Theater. So well, as long as she didn't get knocked out by Fundora, she should be fine to fight. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so she didn't get to spend anything. Yeah, she's a game little fighter. So that's um, I think people are excited about this because Christina, everyone knows Christina and all the amateurs, like they all know her and love her. And I think this is going to be good, and people are really this, girls are interested. Yeah, that seems like an interesting fight and I, an interesting beginning for her career. Obviously, I've heard of her uh, as far as the amateurs, and I don't really follow amateurs. So if you kind of break the wall, and I've heard of you, then you know you've made enough noise that it's interesting <laughs> to see you now in the, uh, in the pro ranks. On Saturday, August 7th, in Costa Rica, Yocasta Valle will be facing Deborah Rengifo of Venezuela in a 10-rounder at 105 pounds. Now, the one thing that I don't know, David, I think you might know, is this going to be for the IBF title or is it a non-sanctioned uh, uh, fight, a non-title 
about? It's a non-title fight. It's for eight rounds. Oh, it's an eight-rounder? Okay, so it's an eight-rounder. And then at the fight camp in England, in the backyard of uh, Eddie Hearn on the zone, Ebony Bridges goes against Beck Connolly. On BoxRec, it's not stating how many rounds they're going. So I don't know if it's an eight-rounder or a six-rounder, but they are going at 118 pounds. So Ebony Bridges on the zone on Saturday, August 7th, and on Wednesday, August 11th, one day before our next show, scheduled for August 12th, from Osaka, Japan, Etsuko Tada will take on Sana Hazuki, also in a non-title bout in an eight-rounder at Light Flightweight, and there's three other female bouts scheduled on that fight card in Osaka, Japan, so we'll have um, our report from Japan on Wednesday, August 11th, that's when that fight goes on, our next show is scheduled for August 12th. So with that said, I want to thank all of you for listening. We want to thank Lourdes, La Pequeña Lulu Juarez for taking the time and being here on with us. So from Mr. David Avila, Mrs. Lupe Gutierrez, and myself, Felipe Leon, we want to bid you a good night and we'll be here on August 12th. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.